2: Good morning
3: and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We have safely navigated our way to the end of another week and we're pleased to know the government is still intact. You may not be pleased to know that. Theresa May is still Prime Minister. You may not even be pleased to know that. And she is pushing ahead with the Brexit plan and no one wants and everyone hates. Uh, you probably don't want to know that either however but it is after all Black Friday and maybe she'll produce a rabbit out of the hat by the end of the day and if she does we will be the first to let you know right here at Talk Radio so don't miss any of it throughout the course of the day meanwhile back in the real world we are not having enough children official figures from the office for national statistics show that more and more women are having just one child and the average household contains 1.89 kids down from 2.4 in the last generation I know that's a complicated number of children uh, but just bear with me and I'll understand and you'll understand precisely what it all means. You might not think it matters to you but it is the very reason we need immigration to bolster the working population in the next 40 years to pay for our old age, to pay for our schools, to pay for our police and to pay for our social care. Whatever Hillary Clinton says, and I'm not particularly interested in any advice she's got for us by the way we won't be able to do without the importing of people into the United Kingdom. You know it makes sense. We'll be talking to Professor Ellis Cashmore, Visiting Professor of Sociology at Aston University coming up uh, very shortly. 034449 Meanwhile as well, Giselle Wainwright is here from Sun Savers to guide us through Black Friday's biggest deals and best bargains. We want you to let us know what you're spotting out there ahead of the Christmas rush. Plus, we'll be finding out why vegans want to change the name of some of this country's oldest communities like Wool in Dorset, what about Cheddar Gorge what about Leatherhead for heaven's sake 0344 499 1000 and because it is Friday it's also time for the Perrier Awards presented today by a special guest who's coming in for the champagne we will be quaffing later on, you're listening to me Mike Graham on Talk Radio
2: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio
3: now there's an awful lot of things to look forward to this weekend. Some of you may be spending it shopping. Some of you may not have enough money to go shopping before Christmas, so uh, you have my sympathy. But don't go too mad. Don't get carried away uh, with all of the madness and the rushing around and the breaking of plates and the uh, the knocking over of uh, statues and the, and the acquiring of things that you really don't need just because they happen to be a little bit cheaper. We will be talking throughout the show, uh, as I said earlier, to Giselle Wainwright, who's Sunsavers editor. Uh, she's going to be bringing us a few bargains. If you are online, uh, just be careful you don't get ripped off, by the way, while you're at it. But let's kick things off this morning with a debate which covers a great many things because families with the traditional 2.4 offspring which has always been the kind of the root cause of what you might call the average household in this country, are disappearing. Nearly one in five women born in 1972 all of whom turned 45 last year have just one child soaring from one in eight in ten years. Now we have to say that this has got great ramifications for all manner of things. First of all, it's got ramifications for the numbers of children going into the workforce in 20 years' time uh, or in 10 years' time. It's got ramifications for how many old people they can look after uh, by paying enough tax to make sure that social care is in place. It matters an awful lot as well uh, just to the general well-being of the nation because if we have a falling birth rate, what that means, generally speaking, uh, is that we need to import more people in order to make sure that the uh, the, the, the sort of society in which we live is properly balanced because otherwise you have more old people, fewer younger people, not enough people paying tax and therefore you go on and on and on into a state of financial oblivion and I want to hear from some of you out there because we're going to explain to you just why this matters 0344 Hillary Clinton is on the front page of the Guardian this morning she's talking about how uh, we need to learn from the United States of America particularly on immigration she's basically saying if we don't close doors to migrants uh, coming in from parts outside of Europe we will have far right representation the like of which we will never see uh, the like of which got Donald Trump elected to the White House well I've got news for Hillary Clinton the reason Donald Trump got elected to the White House was because nobody wanted Hillary Clinton there because she's not trusted. and uh, She is not seen as somebody who is a fair dealer. So that's why Hillary Clinton didn't uh, actually beat Donald Trump, the worst Republican candidate of all time in the history of Republican candidates. But let's talk now to Professor Ellis Cashmore, visiting professor of sociology at Aston University, because he is a man who I'm sure will be able to calm me down on all manner of subjects and also give me a bit of detail on why the only child is so prevalent in British households. Professor Ellis, a very good morning to you.
4: Good morning, Mike. I don't think I'll be able to calm you down at all, mate. <laughs> In fact, you're getting me excited. Well, I'm very glad to. to he- well, I'm very to glad it. to hear it. I mean, I... listening to these statistics uh, and and reading about them this morning, mm. I thought, well, this is not such a bad thing. And then after your intro, yeah. I thought, blimey, it couldn't have happened at a worse time just as we're about to leave Europe yes, and we have a declining birth rate mm-hmm. and we have an ageing population. Yes. 20 years time, Armageddon. Well, exactly. And this is my point. It's like a time bomb and we
3: sometimes see these stories. I mean, I spotted this story today on page 36, would you believe, of the Daily Mail and what that tells you is that they don't understand how important this story is. But well, I, do, and I do understand how
4: important it is, Professor. Because You do indeed. It well, is, it... I'm going to try and uh, uh, give a different... OK, well, please do. Listen, the, the two point whatever family has been disappearing for the best part of a century now. So mm. the, this is an extension of a trend that began long ago. Right. Particularly, it's a, it's a trend that, uh, that women want. I mean, we know we have uh, a, a generation of women who don't simply want to give up their lives and have children and say, well, we have two, three, four, five or more uh, uh, members of the family to to take care of. And that's going to bind me to the kitchen. Um, They want smaller families to release them after they have children so that they can uh, pursue a professional career and have a certain degree of independence, the same as men. So... I mean, it, that's the good aspect of it. We've also got to contend with the fact that divorces happen. We mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. And it could be that uh, uh, the, the divorced couple think, I mean, pretty crudely, Mike, once bitten twice shy. You mm. know, we've had one child and we got divorced. So now the child lives betwixt and between. They have two parents that are not living in close proximity yes. to each other. So they say, well, why burden ourselves with another child who may have to go through a similar kind of experience? That's true.
3: But also there are quite a lot of now families who have sort of stepbrothers and sisters because, you know, yeah. the parents have split up and then they've gone on that. and had more kids. It's, yeah, you know, life, is more, that. life, life it's, is more complex, isn't
4: it? It's, it's a factor. That's all I'm saying. I'm, it's not the cause uh, of this. We've also got a lot of uh, single-parent families, yeah. of course. Right. Uh, 30 years ago, this was a cause of great alarm, Mike. You know, I remember, you know, writing, doing research and writing a book on this subject, and at the time, people were saying, this is the end of the family as we know it. Mm. You know, people are choosing now, or, or, or through certain force of circumstances, having to rear one child without parent, or two child, children, or m- perhaps even more, without the benefit of having two parents. Nowadays, we think, That's not a big deal after all. You know, know, a a single uh, parent, whether male or female, is fully capable of rearing one or more children by themselves. And we have, as a society, have adjusted to accommodate that. So, in other words, the Armageddon that we were both joking about earlier... Isn't going to Well, look, I'm not uh,
3: joking though. That's the difference between you and, you and I, were, Professor. But
4: I think we we also have to temper that by saying that, that there are a great many benefits. You know, uh, when I'm on uh, when I'm on your show uh, or, or on the station in the past, you, people usually like me to think of uh, you know some causal factor. You know, something on TV or in the movies. Mm that's triggered this. But I've been racking my brains, you know, I thought, is it something on Broadchurch, you know? Is, does uh, <laughs> Ellie Miller, the, you know, the Olivia well, listen. Coleman, does she have one chopper? No, she doesn't. Is this something in Game of Thrones? You know, there's nothing, you know, culturally that I can find in the media that sort of spurred this trend. I just think it's, a, it's, a, it's an almost natural extension of something that started a sure. long time ago. Listen,
3: I'm, I'm not looking, uh, as I'm not a, as expert as you in these matters, for any great sociological reason for it but what I would say uh, is that there are certain facts that we know for example if you have fewer children generally speaking the population falls, right? Yeah. If unless it is uh, artificially inflated
4: by some other means, if, but have, if we have fewer jobs around, that's not such a bad thing.
3: Well, hang on, you haven't let me finish yet because here comes the big part. Okay. When you get people living longer, as they are now undoubtedly doing, mm-hmm. uh, they need to be looked after and, and paid for for longer. So or therefore, they, we need
4: or they can work longer, Mike.
3: They can. Some of them can. But the bottom line is, is that the pension schemes in this country we know are woefully are in, creaking, inadequate. Yeah. You know, we know that the state pension uh, schemes, for example, are completely and utterly redundant, practically. You might as well not bother, right? Well, so what we're going to need to do is create a better tax base so that we can look after the elderly. And we can do
4: that by extending the retirement age. I we mean, can. I was talking to someone at my gym yesterday, only a young man, and I said it'll, uh, I said, it'll be 80 by the time you get around to retiring, mate. So make sure you keep coming to the gym okay. and working out yes. and staying fit. And I think that that is something that you've neglected. Yes, we do have an ageing population, mm. but I think we'll have a healthier and fitter population for longer.
3: Well, that may well be. Now, here's the other rub that I'm going to give you, which I'm going to throw in from left field, which you weren't going to be prepared for, and it's probably going to be something that you're not going to like the sound of, OK? So I, will, I, pre- I, I shall pre-warn you. I can't wait. I shall pre-warn you. Now, there are people in this country who are not um, sort of sticking to this particular trend of having fewer children and having children later in life. And you know the sort of people I'm talking about, uh, the people who you might regard as in the underclass. Some people who have maybe eight, nine, ten kids. Many of them have children in order to get themselves social housing. Many of them have kids because they're feckless parents and they have kids to many different fathers. Now, my worry about that is, is that they are putting loads and loads of kids into the school system, which is putting strain on the school system. And I know a bit about that because I put kids in my own uh, in, into the school system. And the strain of kids who are, in quotes, known to the local authority uh, is getting quite bad. And I wonder whether there's a tipping point at which point these kids, who are from pretty badly educated and pretty badly run families, are going to outnumber the ones who come from pretty good families and who are going to make money for the, for the state.
4: Well, I, I, you've you pretty much balanced out your own argument, Mike, because you were despairing earlier about the shrinking size of the family. Yes. And on the other hand, you're saying, yet there are areas of society I don't necessarily agree with your facts by the way, nor indeed your explanation but I'm going to go well, along feel, with Feel the free to being. disagree, this is what we yeah. do on this show Well, I, do, I don't think it's down to fecklessness and I don't think large families necessarily are going to emanate from the so-called underclass as you called it, and I don't think that they're all going to be problematic dysfunctional problem families that are going to end up in trouble. I think Yes, of course, there will be people who opt to have larger families for all kinds of reasons, but I think that they will probably be sprinkled throughout the whole class structure. I don't think they'll be... That's true, you know, but by, 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 by large by large class,
3: by mm. part, I can tell you about a school, which I won't name, uh, which is in one of the southern counties of this country, where 40% of the children were known to the
4: local authority. Now, that means
3: that either their parents were drug addicts, their parents, mean, yeah. their parents were uh, uh, a a in prison... And a lot of those kids,
4: Mike, uh, will that, go uh, on to universities... And they'd get good degrees. A lot and they'd of them go won't on to professional jobs. You a know, lot of we, them we won't. Forty percent.
3: No, I'm not writing anybody off, uh, Professor. You, all you I'm sound saying like is, it. no, it doesn't sound like that at all. Listen carefully what I'm, to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is, that there is a point at which the social a care. Point, you there said. is, yeah, there is, because there is a social care cost to everything that we do. There is a welfare well, uh, cost. But, to everything but we, that we live we in do.
4: a welfare society. Oh, sure, and we do. We're proud of it. And, yes, uh, we are. But if we have too many people, but
3: if we have too many people, Prof, who who actually end up taking from That system rather than putting into
4: it, then we end up in a deficit, don't we? Off again. You said you weren't, but you are. You're saying don't necessarily assume that. Children from large families are going to end up as beneficiaries. That's not what I said. Whereas they could be tax paying. No, that's uh, not what a, I said. Well, Boris Johnson, you
3: know, Jacob Rees-Mogg's got loads of kids. I'm imagining that they will be contributors <laughs> in the net world yeah, to the tax. Him. Yeah, well, I'm not going to blame him because I'm sure all of his children will will, will contribute to society. However... Well, not we
4: started not... off, Mike. Hmm? Let me just remind you, we started off yes. talking about this... this fact that's that's come to our notice this morning that is very important, as you say, and that is that the family is shrinking. I don't think it's a cause for alarm. I think it's just a kind of an almost natural extension of something that's been going on. And I think that women have kind of asserted their independence and said, you know, we want one child and that's enough. You know, we're going to then resume our working careers. And I I really think that this is the kind of backdrop to this whole debate, that women are central to this. The the days have gone where women were, were, I was going to say forced, but persuaded to believe that their role in life was to bear children. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah, but of course that's that's outdated and ridiculous, and nobody would argue that that's not not a good thing. Yeah, but Mike, you know, it's only in in, in the 1960s that women began to realize that. Yeah, but that's quite a long time ago it. now. It. Let me let me Feminent. put something else
3: to you then, Professor. Let me put okay. something else to you. The birth rate has officially plunged in this country to its lowest rate in 14 years. Okay, yep. Since 2006, I believe we have now got the lowest birth rate in the country. Okay, and it'll now,
4: continue to drop. Now,
3: and that's exactly right. Now, last year there were more new mothers at the age of 35 than at 25, uh, okay. which is which is a change in the way that we are looking at things. So,
4: all yeah. I'm saying is, is that Made career break. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah. The, the the all of all of which may be a good thing. My my point is is that it will reduce the ability of those people who are being born in this day and age to pay for those who are living longer and longer and longer. And that's my point, that's, which is why I say uh, all of this nonsense from Hillary Clinton today, I don't know whether you've seen this in The Guardian, about well, how we have to stop immigration, is a complete nonsense because immigration is going to be what we need presumably to build up the birth rates.
4: Not not disagreeing with you, Mike, on that one. Right. Uh, I, I have no problem with uh, immigration at all. And as you say, well, if, I think most yeah, people have a problem if, with some form of immigration, are don't they? Members, tax-paying, tax-paying members of society then what's the problem there is no problem whatsoever but <laughs> what we need to
3: then do is make sure that we are making sure uh, that we are bringing people into the country who will contribute to it and who will not be c- continual drains on the on the society which is already being drained by yeah, the well, people let's who are not,
4: here let's not get into demonizing all migrants then when did because i demonize you're all migrants right when did i demonize all migrants because i think there was a- well, I didn't say you did, mate, I'd, but people tend to, don't they? No, I don't. I never demonise no, anyone. No, I didn't say you did, but people tend to, which is why you're making your stand and I'm agreeing with you. Yeah,
3: no, my stand is all about being specific about immigration and yes. not being frightened of mentioning it because too okay. many people now in this world are frightened of saying we only need some kind of immigration, we need controlled immigration, we need the right kind of immigration rather than the wrong kind. I don't and see anything wrong with saying that.
4: And at every opportunity when this this subject comes up in any kind of debate, I mm. always point exactly that to people, that, you know, you're, the, the people nowadays tend to use the word migrant or immigrant as a kind of, uh, like the blue touch paper. Yes, on both sides of the argument. But, but, but jobs you know,
3: Professor, it's on both sides of the argument because you know. there are those people who try to raise that subject who are then demonised by the others <laughs> yeah. who say you shouldn't <laughs> like raise you the me. argument. Thank God, Professor, we are in the Independent Republic of Mike Graham where the rules are very different to the the way they are outside everywhere else and we can be reasonable and we can be intelligent uh, and we can say the way uh, the truth is without actually fear or favour.
4: And let's hope our listeners take get very careful notice of what we're well
3: they do. I but we are
4: yeah. rowing about sometimes. Difference between we're us on and the same page
3: here. The difference between us and other radio stations is that we don't tell our listeners how to think. We just no, let them think true. for themselves. Independent thinking exactly. is
4: the cornerstone of a civilized society in many ways. So let
3: me ask you one final yes, question, please. Professor. When will it all go horribly wrong? It won't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna gonna hold you to this, you know. I'm gonna call oh, you, you in about fifteen years when I'm too old to do a radio show, <laughs> and, and I'm gonna too say
4: old to your And I'm gonna say you haven't looked after me in
3: my old age, I haven't got enough I mean I myself have done my best. I've produced four children who I'm hoping you're gonna look after me in my dotage.
4: Well, I balance you out because I don't have any kids. You don't have any at all? No. Why? <laughs> Why? You read my biography for. Uh, your I mean, year. for heaven's
3: sake! I mean, don't you realise you have an opportunity here and a responsibility to make sure to make oh, sure no, no, that no, no, the I old people of this que- country I are getting paid for.
4: R- I can turn this whole thing around. And say, why don't you have a responsibility to conform to the statistical norm and have your one point eight nine children and be content with them?
3: Because when I was having kids, <laughs> there was two point four, and ah. so there, and also I had two different Will marriages. You so, the norm? well, I had two point four with each woman. What's <laughs> wrong with that? <laughs> Professor Ellis Cashmore, thank you very much indeed. Visiting Professor of Sociology at Aston University, a very sensible man, uh, a man who quite, quite rightly understood what I was talking about. Uh, the number, of course, to call, 0344 499 1000 is the number. I think there's going to be a problem here because we're not going to be producing enough children to pay for the people who are going to live longer, who are going to need support, who are going to need social care. And I know you're going to agree with me and I want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
1: Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator.
2: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let it all hang out, but you, won't
6: fool, but you...
3: This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 The birth rate is falling uh, in this country and I think uh, it's going to be a time bomb for the rest of the population. Sean, however, doesn't agree. He says the falling birth rate is brilliant news. Overpopulation is why the environment is suffering so much but right on lefties won't discuss it. The less people there are, the better. Less strain on schools, hospitals and police too. Win, win, win. Well, Sean, I'm afraid you've got that round completely the wrong way because you might think that the birth population falling in this country is a good thing, but guess what? It ain't falling everywhere else it's not falling in china it's not falling in india it's not falling in brazil it's not falling in the united states of america uh, so we will end up being a shrinking and shrinking population with an economic uh, a wish list which gets bigger and bigger and bigger let's go to the phones oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand susan is in exeter hello susan
7: good morning michael
3: very good morning susan what can i do for you
7: I want to talk to you about the issue of the supposedly falling birth rate. You
3: say that as they don't believe the figures.
7: No, well, sweetheart, just do you ever get the bus? What? Do you ever get the bus? I
3: do get the bus every day. Yeah. uh,
7: Really? Okay. Do you live in? Have you ever lived in Swindon? Any town? Swindon. Yeah.
3: I got divorced in Swindon.
7: Really? Okay. That's terrible place. Awful. All right, sweetheart. Now, right. I just mentioned that off the top of my head. Okay. I don't have a problem with Swindon. You don't at all, live in Swindon, any... do you? No, but I, I know. I know some people who did, right. and they left.
8: Okay, also, don't hurt. blame them.
7: No, it's okay. It's 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 an inner <coughs> it's an inner city area, isn't it? Excuse me. It's an inner city, a typical town in England. I call
3: it okay? yeah, a typical town. Yeah, not really a city.
7: In, a, a typical town. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. Now you have now look. look I didn't have children for various reasons. Okay. My sister, my cousins, my friends, they all had babies, and it's wonderful, and Uh they love their babies, and they've done a good job like you and your lovely wife. Yes. You've had babies, and you're responsible. Thank you. Okay? You're responsible, and you try and do your best.
3: Most of the time.
7: It, uh, of course and and if a lady in my eyes wants to have ten babies that's fine because well as long as you can afford it, it
3: Susan that's the point yeah, you shouldn't in, just in, have children if you can't afford them
7: yeah but you're not letting me get my words out because you're firing on all four cylinders again you have six, six cylinders time. please six cylinders well, uh, can you bring it down a bit well
3: I'll try you but know, we haven't got a lot of time Susan
7: My, well, you, you can spend Couple of minutes with me. You all always right. cut me off. On, well, hurry up uh, then. In, Get on with our it. Grandpa- in our grandparents' time, women, ladies had ten or twelve babies, and they got got on with it, and all the babies mm. were fine. If you if you try and provide a stable background for them, yes. you know, and an emotionally stable, and you know, divorce happens. It does. happens Whether you want it to or not. True. And splits happen. Yeah. And And we don't look. You know, it's it's a part of life. But please try and be responsible. That there are lots. Of single mothers out there with babies, there is no father figure. Yeah, the babies are born into an environment without a father figure. I think they're depleted. That they're, they're they're going to grow up in life without that. So, I mean, my father was very remote. He wasn't very good at all, but he was there. Right. Well, that's and, good. And my God, if you did wrong my God, you knew about it. Well, exactly. you know, he was there. Exactly. And, and he, it was that figure to look up to. But a lot of the kids now from single mums, that the, the man isn't there anymore for any reason, for, for whatever reason. Mm. And the children are going to grow up dysfunctional. I'm sorry. And we're going to get problems with aggression later on. Indeed.
3: Well, that's the problem. And I've got to leave it there, Susan, only <laughs> because we've shout, we're short of time today. We've got lots to get
2: in and not that much time to get it in. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on
3: Talk Radio. Right now, though, uh, we've got lots of other things to talk about, including, of course, this ludicrous story uh, which hit the papers this morning that the uh, PETA people, that's the uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, want to rename Wool, which is a lovely little town down in Dorset because apparently they think it's unkind to sheep. They say if you don't shear sheep, uh, they will have a much happier life. I'm slightly concerned about that. If you don't shear a sheep, what happens to it? Does it just continue to grow wool until it's the size of you know, a small town in Dorset? Let's talk to uh, Councillor Laura Miller Uh, who is a district councillor for wool. Uh, Councillor Laura, very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Now, um, of course, we know um, that wool is not actually named after sheep, uh, nor indeed is it named after wool. Tell us uh, what the problem is here.
5: No, that's right. The, um, the origins of the name wool stem from the Saxon word well, uh, because wool's actually built around um, a lot of water springs. So it's actually got nothing to do with sheep at all. all.
3: Right, exactly. So, I mean, when did you first hear of this suggestion from Peter that they wanted you to change the name?
5: So they wrote to our parish clerk earlier this week and, you know, let, let's be honest, it's a very creative campaign. It's, it's clearly not going to happen. Um, but we've got a sense of humour. It's, it's quite funny and they've got the publicity that, that they wanted. Um, well, you say you've got a
3: sense of humour, Councillor Laura, but we don't often associate animal rights activists with a sense of humour, you have to say.
5: No, um, sometimes not. But in this case, they've, they've created a very, a very creative campaign. It's obviously hit loads of news outlets So that's clearly the response that they wanted. Um, But, you know, our our little community, we we just don't see those same issues that perhaps Peter represents. Um, We've got a great local community. We've got lots of little um, village butchers, farm shops. So people locally, I would say, would be much more concerned with the welfare and provenance of where their food's coming from um, rather than grabbing headlines
3: i mean you've only got 2,000 residents i'm pretty sure i've been to wool as well because i used to go to dorset quite a bit i mean it's a beautiful okay. part of the world it's also part yeah, it of it's the lovely. heritage of of wessex and the whole thomas hardy era isn't yeah, it that's right. tessa the d'urbervilles has been uh, uh, has been mentioned in, in in some of the stories i've read this morning yeah. and so so why don't you use this opportunity to sell wool uh, as it were <laughs> to the rest of the nation tell us why we should come and visit
5: Oh, do you know, it's a, it's great. It's an absolutely fantastic place. The community is just brilliant. As I said, we've got loads of little independent shops, got hardware store, little cafe, which actually, incidentally, does a lot of vegan food. We're totally not anti-vegan. Yep. Um. You know, it's just... I, I suspect you that most people... Um, and wool could tell you the provenance of their food and, and we're very up on animal welfare issues but people are more concerned with having a great local community making sure animals and people are treated well.
3: Indeed and the sheep I presume uh, who do live around the fields of wool actually yeah. are sheared for a reason I mean you know it doesn't actually yeah, harm absolutely. them what happens if you don't shear a sheep do you know?
5: Um, Uh, Yeah, a friend of mine keeps sheep. If you don't shear a sheep in the summer, um, they can get something which is called fly strike, which is basically when flies and maggots infest their fleece. Um, And it's an incredibly horrific, it's a really nasty thing for sheep to suffer from. Um, Apart from just being actually really quite, warm in the summer and actually if you've got a byproduct from a welfare issue sheep need to be shorn and if you've got a uh, byproduct of that it makes sense from a sustainability point of view to use it rather than using fleeces which are made out of plastic well of course absolutely
3: right i mean they say they can make uh, a sort of artificial wool from a mixture of hemp and coconut fiber uh, and banana bark i'm not sure i want to wear a jumper that uh, smells like a banana
5: (laughs) Do you know, it might be really comfy and it probably doesn't smell, but I'd like to see the air miles and the sustainability, the carbon <laughs> footprint around that yeah. r- versus some local wool made into a jumper just down the road.
3: Absolutely right. What a very sensible person you are. Can you come, please run, right. come up to uh, Westminster and run Parliament for us? Because, I mean, we could <laughs> do I'll with a bit goes. of common sense up here. Councillor <laughs> Laura Miller, thank you very much indeed. District Councillor for Wool. You see, these are the kind of people that we need in government uh, in this country. Dr Paul Cavill uh, is up in Nottinghamshire. Uh, he's professor at the Institute of names and of course uh, dr paul you will know that wool uh does not have anything to do with sheep uh, as indeed does bacon end have anything to do with bacon
9: that's absolutely right yes um <laughs> <clears throat> when uh, when names are given they're they they refer to things that people can recognize usually in right. the landscape like springs in wool um and we've got lots of names that um change, either words are lost mm. or they change the sense. So, for example, in um, in Nottinghamshire we've got Bunny, which right. um, is actually a reference to reeds, and there are oh, a whole range of names that sounds pretty awful, like Nasty in mm. Hertfordshire or Foulness in Essex or Swine <laughs> in East Yorkshire. Or yeah. One of my favourites has got to be Spittle in the Street in Lincolnshire, <laughs> and all of which sound Wonderful. pretty awful. Well, but, I mean, one of me my favourites you know,
3: is, is Upper and Lower Slaughter in Gloucestershire, yeah, yeah. Which, which always that, kind of brings to that, mind that some horrible horror, yeah. horror yeah. film. Or my, one of mine that no, I didn't know about this morning, up in the Scottish borders in Moffat, a place called Devil's Beef
9: Tub. Yeah, um, any anything that is um, um, either prehistoric or um, uh, of massive proportions right. um, is named devil. So we've got devil's dyke and, and uh, devil's punch bowl mm. and so on. And these are big landscape features and people think, oh goodness, it must have been made by some activity of uh, some supernatural force.
3: Yeah. I used to play golf in a place not far off the M25 in Kent called Badger's Bottom.
9: Yep. Um What's the origin it, of that then? Well the bottom is a is a is a is a valley floor used okay. with a um a stream and it could either refer to Badger and right. the, the actual badgers or it could be somebody um a badger is also a name for a tradesman, so it might have been somewhere, where hmm. you know, a bagger, um we'd probably call him. Oh, that. okay, right. That's it's interesting, it's and, and and there's a few sort of a there's a few
3: hams and things around, aren't there? There's, you see mm, that quite yeah. a lot. I mean, obviously the, the the East Ham and West Ham in London. There's ham in the sort of southwest of London as well, but there's Petersham ham uh, and all sorts. I mean, is ham got some relevance to the history of the country?
9: Yes. Well, there there are two. Two words for that. One is um, land in a river bend, which is usually, you know, uh, grazing for, sh- for, for, for animals. Mm-hmm. And the other is the, the harm word, the, um, as in Nottingham and um, Birmingham and so on, which is um, is the home. Home is, uh, is okay. what comes into modern English as home. Yeah. And that's a good example of something that changes from its original uh, form yeah. to mean something else.
3: And one final one that's bound to upset the uh, the Peter people is
9: Leatherhead, of course, in Surrey. Where's that come yeah. from? Well, there's a lot of debate about that one. Um, <clears throat> some people think it is the the, the, the kind of crossing point of, of of the river, so it's something to do with riding. Yeah. But there's um, um, uh, another. <clears throat> interpretation of that that um, um, relates it to a landscape feature in the area Mm. from a Celtic source. And that, again, would be a good example if it were so. We're not absolutely sure. But uh, if it were so, then it would be another example of um, how names have stayed around and changed form over something like 1,500 years.
8: Right.
3: And, I mean, we need to hold on to our history in this country because an awful lot of it gets wiped away as time goes on. And so the names of places, I think, are quite important, aren't they?
9: They are. And um, um, a name like Wall can be... Um Absolutely fascinating to children. We 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 do stuff for, for for children in schools where they 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 kind of look at place names and see what they mean, and they're absolutely gripped by it. And of course, it's fascinating for adults as well. They they love local research. You know, it's um it's one of those areas that <clears throat> we could be in danger of losing if we mm. kind of change a lot of names or uh, rejig them. Um, deliberately as against um, these changes that happen naturally.
3: No, indeed. Well, Dr. Paul, very, very interesting stuff. I wish we could have you on for longer, but as long as we can keep wool, woolen, uh, I'll be happy. Dr. Paul Cable, Professor of the Institute of Names uh, at uh, the Nottingham University. A
2: mid-morning dance with the devil.
1: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham.
2: On Talk Radio. Double-A!
3: Independent Republican, Mike Graham, you know what to do. 0344 A thousand is the number, of course. We're talking about the Spanish, we're talking about Gibraltar, we're talking about Theresa May, we're talking about Brexit. We're also talking about Black Friday. Giselle Wainwright is here uh, from Sun Savers. She's going to be joining us again in a moment uh, to help us find some bargains. Right now, though, uh, we're going back to the phones. Let's talk to Paddy, uh, who's in Suffolk. Hello, Paddy.
8: Yeah, hello, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Um, the hypocrisy from Spain, it's incredible. Really? Uh, because... You, you gave the example earlier of, you know, what if Spain owned a part of Scotland? Yes. You know? Well, they do, but it's in a different continent. They own a part of Mon- uh, Morocco, a yeah. tiny little, two little tiny bits of Morocco mm. that they won't hand over to the Moroccans. One of the pieces is on just the other side of the Gibraltar Strait. Yes. And the other bit is hundreds of miles away in the Moro- a tiny little enclave in Morocco, identical. Well, at I least. mean,
3: every, every nation in sort of Western Europe has at one point or another had some empire-connected uh, territory overseas, hasn't it?
8: Yes, but they're saying this is part of Spain. Well, it is, though. Uh, and and it's it? in a different continent than Spain. It's in, it's in Africa. Well, Gibraltar's not in Africa. Uh, exactly. So that uh, Gibraltar's in Europe. Well, Gibraltar's in attached Europe. to Spain. I mean, I've Spain, been I've been
3: to Gibraltar. I've, you can walk from Spain to Gibraltar. I've done it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's actually attached to Spain. So okay. that makes it a bit easier. Uh, just across. Well, can you tell me, Paddy, what nobody can tell me, which is what would be the problem with us giving it back?
8: Uh, I suppose they say it sets a precedent for something or other. For what? Uh, giving all of Pitcairn well, Island d- away or well, something? Didn't we already do that in Hong Kong? Uh, we did, but did you? So know the president's that the, already been set then? Th- there was. There's a saying: the sun never sets on the British Empire, <laughs> and it yeah. still doesn't.
3: Pull but the other know. one. What which empire is that, Paddy? I don't. No, seriously. Um, there is the no British Empire anymore. The British Empire. Oh, don't be, be so ridiculous. Day.
8: There is no British Empire. And the, the, there's one part of the empire called Pitcairn Island. Uh huh. And what goes on there? Uh... Well, uh, incestuous uh, paedophilia, to really? be honest. Well, why would you want to keep that, then? Well, well I, I wouldn't, but, uh, but I just... am
3: just... not quite sure what your argument is here, Paddy. Sorry? not quite sure what your argument is here.
8: But my, what my argument is... Spain has got parts of Morocco they won't give over. Yeah, you've already said that. So yeah.
3: why can't we give them back Gibraltar? You haven't got an argument, have you? So you'll have to think of something better and call back again when you've had some better thoughts. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. Uh, you can, of course, join this debate, but do try and have some kind of cogent argument as to why we need to keep Gibraltar. It's Black Friday. Maybe we should give it away cut rate uh, here's Giselle Wainwright hello Giselle
1: hi I can't possibly comment on now, that now <laughs> I don't know whether you
3: can go on the, online and buy Gibraltar
1: I'm not sure but I'm going to mainly rate. stick to the supermarkets and big name deals the today. great thing
3: about uh, the people that listen to this uh, radio station is they can connect all sorts of things Theresa May says Damon is the kind of person that would go to a Black Friday event and agree to pay the discount on top of the original price <laughs> now uh, we've had a load of people asking for help uh, I know in finding so, yeah. uh, some things so, I've been set a task uh, you've been set some tasks cheapest Xbox we're looking for some Mark and are looking for a lawnmower. Uh, we've got a guy called I think it's Kevin looking for a gas cooker. I just tweeted that one to you. I don't know whether you saw that. Uh,
1: yeah, I just did. So just I've got re-tweeted. to work on the gas cooker, but I've definitely found the other ones uh, right okay. now. All
3: right. So tell us about the uh, Xbox first of all. He doesn't want a, uh, a, a video game included, just the console.
1: That's good. That's yeah. good because there are several deals, and I don't know if you saw the news story today that you could. Someone was 107,000th in the queue online at Game. Midnight. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, this is the do day. Do people actually
3: was... queue like that? Then, and then this is an online. Online queue, but
1: this morning there were 5am queues of some places. Really? We no, but just... I mean, if you're
3: in an online queue, because yep. I'm not very well connected in these <laughs> way, in these ways, do you just, can you watch yourself going down the queue?
1: Yeah, I don't know how accurate it really is, but you know, you get a, like a little bar. It's okay. like, do you remember the old school computers? Oh yeah. Up and down, yeah, like yeah. that. So the Xbox, yeah, Xbox One, um, Xbox One S or Xbox One X god got me get my words out not easy to say uh, no not easy on radio thanks guys but um yeah if you're looking for just the controllers and just the console which is weirdly hard to find mm. it's actually tesco you've got to go to today okay. so tesco have it for 159 pounds but that is a, so that's a 90 pound saving which they're doing on all their bundles but it's the fact you get the extra controller normally you only get one with games consoles which is so rude
3: it is rude isn't it yeah because i mean i have that problem because my kids are i mean i think we had to actually go and get a second um they, they're on ps4s right? oh like Xboxes, yeah okay right? We are gonna get a second one so they could play each other uh, because they were fed up having to share the one console. No,
1: exactly. And they're about £40 each just for their uh, handheld controller. So, yeah, Tesco's your best deal. But if you actually were thinking you wanted a game deal, the best one I've seen is, at, it is a game where that man was in the queue. Um, it's So you get Xbox One, Fortnite, Forza Horizon 4, and Extinction. Extinction. You've heard of all those games? They're mm-hmm. big Christmas games. That's £199, and that would have been about 250 bought separately. So if you have maybe loads of kids or you want to get them all the games at once, that's where you should go, head to game or okay. game. All
3: right, that's good. What about a lawnmower? It's a funny time of year to buy a lawnmower, but maybe that's a good thing. It is, but
1: it's a good day to buy appliances. So um, I think this person was asking about whether out of season was a good idea. I mean, yes. Today's about all appliances, right. so it will apply. Um, Argos have some really great half price deals. Um, I noticed a Spear & Jackson lawnmower for uh, down from £120, it's down to £60. So, so half price then? Half price across Pretty the board. Good. And half price is a good deal, I feel. Mm. Yeah, 50% right. off is good. Now,
3: before we go to Chloe and what she was asking for, have you had any luck chasing down our uh, coffee machine? Coffee for the, machines. Uh, yes, for the that, do you know, Republic? coffee
1: machines are one of the most sought after items today. Well, and, do you know, um, when you
3: walk into um, any one of those big electrical appliance stores, I'm not going to name any particular one. <laughs> but they're <laughs> full rammed with these coffee machines I mean there must be about a million different kinds you can get
1: it really depends on what you want for quality you can spend about £2,000 on a coffee wow. machine my brother's a bit of a hipster yeah it is ridiculous that means
3: you've got too much we've got more money than sense. <laughs> if he's spending two pounds really on a coffee a machine there are weirdly a few
1: people with more money than cents are there, there are
3: actually yeah extraordinarily none <laughs> of them are in this room luckily <laughs>
1: uh, so I'd say the, um, people are big fan of the Nespresso pods yeah. the Nespresso ones so the DeLonghi Latissima one pod coffee machine it's in the sun today on page uh, 60 and it's down from 195 pounds to 119 pounds that's a good that's okay. a saving of 76 pounds and when you pounds. buy these
3: things and I'm yeah. not asking you to be an expert on coffee machines well, but um, if you buy these things that take those little pods are those pods easy to buy because I never see you them, can buy
1: them you can buy them online now you can get discounts you could buy them on eBay can you There's, sorry eBay has its own shops not just at auction you don't right. used
3: ones <laughs> yeah I don't want a used <laughs> coffee pod really
1: um, Amazon has great deals as well um, and just looking quickly that I've just seen Curry's is also doing really great deals so you've got um, 90 pounds down to 60 on another in espresso uh, the Crux Initia and the Morphe Richards one is down from 80 to £34 pounds at Curry's. And also, you can get cashback on that at topcashback.com. Okay. So, I'm a big fan of cashback, topcashback.com. Head there today and you can see loads of new member offers, all specific to what you want, specifically. Even Amazon, though, about 1% to 3%, depending right. on what you buy.
3: Okay. And finally, Chloe was looking for Christmas jumpers. She said, Yeah, she I think this is great. So, Christmas
1: Jumper Day, I think is Friday the 14th of.
3: I won't be wearing one. I'm afraid it's not what? for me. Yes, I don't wear will. Christmas jumpers. I'm no. going to bring you one in. No, you um, can't. No way. <laughs> I'm not putting it on. I'm just refusing right now.
1: Okay, great debate. Um we'll go to studio.co.uk as a new online retailer. Okay. And you can get they have theirs slashed from twenty five to nine ninety nine. Um a bit out of your norm if you want to get a bit more festive, you clearly don't. That's no. It's fine.
3: I really don't. And and what's worse than that? I mean it's, it's <laughs> I'm it's very sexist about this. I don't If okay. a woman wants to wear a Christmas jumper and look dopey, that's fine. Right. But the men that wear them, they look so dopey. I'm gonna they're take so that out ridiculous. of ridiculous.
1: They're, they're all they're all dopey. It's Christmas. You're yeah, supposed to dress you know, up. Yeah, but why? Are you gonna wear reindeer aunt?
3: Instead. no oh, no absolutely not um, no. can i just I've jump in and say asos have
1: 20 percent off everything that's also
3: another one to also do. if i'm telling you this now if you put anything like that on your car you know <laughs> I, I may okay just, actually even i draw the line I may on my just, lashes. i may just run into it uh just to, <laughs> just to make a point i mean people that put reindeer on their car reindeer antlers on their car yeah
1: i think that's a bit far for me but it uh people like to get festive and it's starting now
3: oh dear it's not even december
1: yeah, I know. We've I know you're bit... here for
3: the festive uh, season. <laughs> you see, still... I, I'm
1: I'm in Christmas mode. Yeah, we're going to get you there uh, by the well, end I'll of the day.
3: I'll be there. Don't worry. When the champagne arrives, we'll, we may begin now. You're Christmas <laughs> countdown. Then. Uh, thank you very much indeed, no Gazelle Wainwright from Sun Savers. She's the editor. She knows what
2: to get you. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals.
1: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham
2: on Talk Radio. It's
3: ten minutes to one. It's Friday, and it's time for this.
2: The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio.
6: Yes, welcome everybody. It's a strange voice. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> Katie Perrier rang me yesterday. Did uh, she? And she said, con... You're the only man for this job. Uh,
3: I, I, I'm very delighted to say, for those of you who don't recognise Con's voice, which used to be on Talk Radio a lot, uh, he's our producer. Uh, however, he has been seconded uh, over to uh, what can only be described as wireless studios uh, to produce a podcast for I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. VIP. Right, that's the only mention it's going to get, and that's <laughs> the only mention you're going to be able to give us. Because, of course, this is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Con is back. Welcome. Uh, can you please get on with
6: it? Yes. Each Friday, we cast our ears back over the past five days of the so-called, so-called. independent <laughs> Republic of Mike Graham and choose our favourite moments. Um, uh, as is tradition, let's just get on with it. As is tradition, yeah. I think the first peria should go to you, Thank Mike. You. And today, uh, you win the peria for confession of the week.
3: Because I'm one of those people that I, I, I make fun of. I mean, it's in a very pleasant and, and friendly sort of way. I always make fun of people from yeah. the north because it's just one of those dynamics that goes on. You know, I was born and raised in London. Everybody north right. of Watford or even north of Edgware to me is from the north. <laughs> you know, and it really winds people up. <laughs>
6: <laughs> doesn't put me in a terribly good light really doesn't sound as funny the second time <laughs> no it's uh, just quite frank and I think that's good we need more truth on this show we do yeah uh, in the last few days we have covered all sorts of topics of course from Brexit to a chow chow kept in a cage knickers to the state of the police and speed limits listener Samantha wins the text of the week for not understanding what the hell was going on Samantha
3: says, I don't want to hear the Archbishop of Canterbury talking about women's knickers, thank you. I'm not sure that that was what I was suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly was not suggesting that. The Archbishop of Canterbury said that he wasn't sure that God was a man. OK. He didn't mention knickers at all. <laughs> OK, so, yeah,
6: it's quite quite confused. <laughs> Got
3: it quite wrong there, yeah. Thanks, Samantha.
6: Um, uh, classic now. Uh, we present uh, you, Mike, with the Perry Award for Pronunciation of the Week for your excellent Icelandic knowledge fatla yoghurt. <laughs> uh,
3: apparently, that's how you say it in Icelandic anyway. It doesn't spell like that, of course. It looks like Ayafatla <laughs> Yokul. That was, of course, the volcano uh, that exploded
6: with all the ash going all over the place and nobody being able to fly anywhere. <laughs> what, years ago? Yeah. Oh, still up to date on this years show, Years ago. <laughs> um... no, you were about 10 when <laughs> uh, Earlier this week, we spoke about hypochondria. Uh, one of our regular GPs, Dr Lawrence, Lawrence Buckman, was a guest on the show, and we saw your roles reversed, and you had to offer him some medical advice.
8: Yes, it is. And what happens is... That you're so full of information that the consultation, instead of being about you, (coughs) is about your... I think I'd Google a cough if I were you there, Dr Buckman. I mean, you know, you don't know what you might find.
3: (laughs) 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 Yeah, he suddenly became uh, very unwell while he was
2: talking to (laughs) us.
6: (laughs) Brilliant. Another one for you, Mike. Uh, On Monday, you did the show live from College Green in the cold in Westminster. It was cold, yeah. It's uh, shame to miss that. And uh, you proved that besides political coverage, you can also do weather updates. Hi, right, Graham.
3: We're live on College Green down in Westminster. It's a pretty grim day. The sun is occasionally appearing between the clouds. But it's very windy. There's hurricane conditions down here. <laughs> <Wow>.
6: <laughs> it didn't feel you
3: like it. It sounds like they one of nearly, those reports they, they, from they, a hurricane. They nearly blew the
6: tent away. I mean, I'm not joking. I thought our lives were in danger at one point. Ah, uh, a classic peri regular Caller Susan uh, wins this week's best reaction. How are you, and I don't wish to in any way uh, put you down as a woman, but how are you going
3: to be able to jump into a fight between three blokes and a police officer? I can't,
7: they'll bloody kill me. Well, exactly. <laughs> they'll slaughter me. They'll throw me around like a rag doll.
3: <laughs> like a rag doll. It's great when people start speaking
6: in tabloids,
3: isn't it? Yeah. They'll throw me around like a rag doll.
6: Oh, brilliant. Uh, Simon Williams from the RAC came on the show to talk about cycle lanes and yellow box junctions. But what we really learned from this interview is that you, Mike, have a problem understanding genders.
3: I mean, I've never heard so much rubbish in all my life. What do you mean she's the roads minister?
6: He's what are you the, doing about it, Simon? He's the Rose
3: Minister. We met him the other week, actually. So. Oh, it's so he, is it? <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, well, he can't even get his name right. <laughs> Not surprised he doesn't know what he's doing. It's called Jesse Norman. I mean, yeah, you think Jesse, Jesse's
6: a girl's I, name, isn't it? I had a Jesse uh, at my school, yeah. I'm sure you did.
3: Doesn't surprise me.
6: Next. <laughs> Later on that same show, you offered some parenting tips. And guess what? You got confused of genders again. <laughs> have you got if any not, children, a, George? i not
9: a political football. I do. I have a very beautiful four-year-old. Good. Well, I'm and, sure and that, I'm that, that she worried. will
6: need
3: to be raised and, and brought up in the correct way, uh, which I'm sure you will tell her does not include lying down in front of cars, which might run over you and kill you.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's a he, um, Oh, is he? Is <laughs> OK. Um, You're what, not called Jesse, is he? he? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you see, there's always a synergy there.
6: <laughs> oh, great. And now this doesn't happen so very often. you miss this often. show, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You do? <laughs> I bet, yeah. Miss her waking up. Um, And now this doesn't happen very often. But our news reader, Rachel Jewell, picks us. Picks up Most Valued Player of the Week for introducing her own bulletin when you, Mike, missed your cue.
5: Across the UK, online
1: and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you t-
5: Good morning. It's uh, 11. It's uh, midday. I'm Rachel Jewell. May comes out fighting on Brexit. Rain threatens wildfire. Survivors...
3: So he's just proving that newsreaders can't introduce themselves. No, they so Can't you know, even tell the time. No, they can't even tell the time.
6: No, have we got another one like that. <laughs> um, okay, one more. Yeah, uh, we finish with a first-time winner this week. Talk Radio's breakfast host yes, Julia Hartley is Brewer is the proud winner of the Perrier for Most Sleep-Deprived Presenter.
5: To everyone who needs them, five minutes day, past eight is the time. This is eight o'clock. This is eight o'clock. This is no, so also no, Talk no. Radio. <laughs>
6: She can read the news. This is eight (laughs)
3: o'clock. This is one o'clock. Uh, that was Con uh, Mendes, our former producer. We hope he may be back at some point after he's uh, let go by the hostage takers down at Wireless Studios. Con, nice to see you. Thank you very Cheers, much indeed. Mike, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the week. Look out for that podcast. It is the um, uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here VIP podcast. Jungle VIP. Jungle uh, VIP. Uh, go and download it with Jamie East and uh, enjoy.
1: Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
3: If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1 Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have
2: your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
5: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end
1: goods